Chapter Six of Dandelion Cottage by Carol Watson Rankin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: A Lodger to the Rescue. Grass was beginning to grow on the tiny lawn. All sorts of thrifty young seedlings were popping up in the flower beds, and Jean's pansies were actually beginning to blossom. The girls had trained the rampant Virginia creeper away from the windows and had coaxed it to climb the porch pillars. From the outside, no one would have suspected that Dandelion Cottage was not occupied by a regular grown-up family. Book agents and peddlers offered their wares at the front door and appeared very much crestfallen when Betty, or one of the others, explained that the neatly kept little cottage was just a playhouse. Handbills and sample packages of yeast cakes were left on the doorstep, and once a brand-new postman actually dropped a letter into the mailbox. Mabel carried it afterward to Mrs. Bartholomew Crane, to whom it rightfully belonged. One afternoon, when Jean was rearranging the dining-room pictures, they had to be rearranged very frequently, and when Mabel and Marjorie were busy putting fresh papers on the pantry shelves, there was a ring at the doorbell. Betty, who had been dusting the parlor, pushed the chairs into place, threw her duster into the dining-room, and ran to the door. A lady, Betty described her afterwards as a middle-aged young lady with the sweetest dimple, stood on the doorstep. "'Is your mother at home?' asked the lady, smiling pleasantly at Betty, who liked the stranger at once. "'She, she doesn't live here,' said Betty, taken by surprise. "'Perhaps you can tell me what I want to know. I'm a stranger in town, and I want to rent a room in this neighborhood.' I'm to have my meals at Mrs. Baker's, but she hasn't any place for me to sleep. I don't want anything very expensive, but of course I'd be willing to pay a fair price. Do you know of anybody with rooms to rent? I'm to be in town for three weeks. Betty shook her head reflectively. No, I don't believe I do, unless... Betty paused to look inquiringly at Jean, who, framed by the dining-room doorway, was nodding her head vigorously. "'Perhaps Jean does,' finished Betty. "'Are you very particular,' asked Jean, coming forward, "'about what kind of room it is?' "'Why, not so very,' returned the guest. "'I'm afraid I couldn't afford a very grand one.' "'Are you very timid?' asked Betty, "'who had suddenly guessed what Jean had in mind. "'I mean, are you afraid of burglars and mice and things like that?' "'Why, most people are, I imagine.' said the young woman, whose eyes were twinkling pleasantly. "'Are there a great many mice and burglars in this neighborhood?' "'Mice,' said Jean, "'but not burglars. It's a very honest neighborhood. I think I have an idea, but you see there are four of us, and I'll have to consult the others about it, too. Sit here, please, in the cozy corner. It's the safest piece of furniture we have. Now, if you'll excuse us just a minute, we'll go to the kitchen and talk it over.' "'Certainly,' murmured the lady, who looked a trifle embarrassed at encountering the gaze of the forty-two staring dolls that sat all around the parlor with their backs against the baseboard. "'I hope I haven't interrupted a party.' "'Not at all,' assured Betty, with her best company manner. "'Girls,' said Jean, when she and Betty were in the kitchen with the door carefully closed behind them, "'Would you be willing to rent the front bedroom to a clean, nice-looking lady?' if she'd be willing to take it. She wants to pay for a room, she says, and she looks very polite and pleasant, doesn't she, Betty? Yes, corroborated Betty. I like her. She has kind of twinkling brown eyes and such nice dimples. You see, explained Jean, 
The money would pay for Mr. Black's dinner. Why, so it would, cried Marjorie. Let's do it. Yes, echoed Mabel. For goodness sake, let's do it. It's only three weeks anyway, and what's three weeks? How would it be, asked Marjorie cautiously, to take her on approval? Auntie Jane always has hats and things sent on approval, so she can send them back if they don't fit. Splendid, cried Mabel. If she doesn't fit Dandelion Cottage, she can't stay. Oh, gurgled Marjorie, what a dinner we'll give Mr. Black and Mrs. Crane. We'll have ice cream and... Huh, said Mabel. Most likely she won't take the room at all. Anyhow, probably she's got tired of waiting and has gone. We'll go and see, said Jean. Come on, everybody. The lady, however, still sat on the hard, lumpy, cozy corner, with her toes just touching the ground. Well, said she, smiling at the flock of girls, how about the idea? The other three looked expectantly at Jean. Mabel nudged her elbow, and Betty nodded at her. You talk, said Marjorie. You're the oldest. It's like this, explained Jean. This house isn't good enough to rent to grown-ups, because it's all out of repair, so they've lent it to us for the summer for a playhouse. The back of it leaks dreadfully when it rains, and the plaster is all down in the kitchen, but the front bedroom is really very nice, if you don't mind having four kinds of carpet on the floor. This is a very safe neighborhood, no tramps or anything like that, and if you're not an awfully timid person, perhaps you wouldn't mind staying alone at night. If you did, added Betty, probably one of us could sleep in the other room, unless it happened to rain. It rains right down on the bed. Could I go upstairs to look at the room? asked the young woman. There isn't any upstairs, said Betty, pulling back a curtain. The room's right here. Why, what a dear little room, all white and blue. I hope you don't mind having children around, said Marjorie somewhat anxiously. You see, we'd have to play in the rest of the house. Of course, added Jean hastily, if you had company, you could use the parlor. And the front steps, said Betty. I'm very fond of children, said the young lady, and I don't expect to have any company but you, because I don't know anybody here. I shall be away every day until about five o'clock, because I am here with my father, who is tuning church organs, and I have to help him. I strike the notes while he works behind the organ. He has a room at Mrs. Baker's, but she didn't have any place to put me. I think I should like this little room very much indeed. Now how much are you going to charge me for it? Jean looked at Betty, and Betty looked at the other two. I don't know, said Jean at last. Neither do I, said Betty. Would, would a dollar a week be too much? asked Marjorie. It wouldn't be enough, said the young woman promptly. My father pays five for the room he has, but it's really a larger room than he wanted. I should be very glad to give you two dollars and a half a week. I'm sure I couldn't find a furnished room anywhere for less than that. Can I move in tonight? I've nothing but a small trunk. Yes, said Betty, looking inquiringly at Jean. I think we could get it ready by seven o'clock. It's all perfectly clean, but you see we'll have to change things around a little and fix up the washstand. I'm sure, said the visitor, turning to depart, that it all looks quite lovely just as it is. You may expect me at seven. 
Well, exclaimed Marjorie when the door had closed behind their pleasant visitor, isn't this too grand for words? It's just like finding a bush with pennies growing on it or a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Two and a half a week. That's, let me see, why, that's seven dollars and a half. We can buy Mr. Black's dinner and have enough money left to live on for a long time afterwards. Mercy, cried Mabel. We never said a word to her about taking her on approval. We didn't even ask her name. Pshaw, said Jean. She's all right. She couldn't be disagreeable if she wanted to, with that dimple and those sparkles in her eyes. But girls, we've a tremendous lot to do. Yes, said Mabel. If she'd known that the pillows under those ruffled shams were just flour sacks stuffed with excelsior, she wouldn't have thought everything so lovely. Girls, what in the world are we to do for sheets? We haven't even one. And blankets, said Marjorie. And quilts, said Betty. That old white spread is every bit of bedclothes we own. I was so afraid she'd turn the cover down and see that everything else was just pieces of burlap. It's a good thing the mattress is all right, said Marjorie. But there isn't any bottom to the water pitcher, and the basin leaks like anything. We'll just have to go home, said Jean, and tell our mothers all about it. We'll have to borrow what we need. We must get a lamp, too, and some oil, because there isn't any other way of lighting the house. The four girls ran first of all to Betty's house with their surprising news. But Betty, said Mrs. Tucker, when her little daughter, helped by the other three, had explained the situation. Are you sure she's nice? I'm afraid you've been a little rash. Just as nice as can be, assured Betty. Yes, said Dr. Tucker. I guess it's all right. I know the organ tuner. I used to see him twice a year when we lived in Ohio. His name is Blossom, and he's a very fine old fellow. I met his daughter this afternoon when they were examining the church organ, and she seemed a pleasant, well-educated young woman. I believe he said she teaches a kindergarten during the winter. The girls haven't made any mistake this time. Then we must make her comfortable, said Mrs. Tucker. You may take sheets and pillowcases from the linen closet, Betty, and you must see that she has everything she needs. Excited, Betty danced off to the linen closet, and the others ran home to tell the good news. I filled a lamp for you, Betty, said Mrs. Tucker, meeting Betty, with her arms full of sheets at the bottom of the stairs. Here's a box of matches, too. When Betty was returning with her spoils to Dandelion Cottage, she almost bumped into Mabel, whom she met at the gate with a pillow under each arm, a folded patchwork quilt balanced unsteadily on her head, and her chubby hands clasped about a big brass lamp. "'The pillows are off my own bed,' said Mabel. "'Mother wasn't home, but she wouldn't care anyway.' "'But can you sleep without them?' "'Oh, I'll take home one of the Excelsior ones,' said Mabel. "'I can sleep on anything.' Jean came in a moment later with a pile of blankets and quilts. She, too, had a lamp, packed carefully in a big basket that hung from her arm. Marjorie followed almost at her heels, with more bedding, towels, a fourth lamp, and two candlesticks. "'Well,' laughed Betty, when all the lamps and candles were placed in a row on the dining-room table, "'I guess Miss Blossom will have almost light enough. Here are four big lamps and two candles.' "'I've six more candles in my blouse,' said Mabel, laughing and fishing them out one at a time. I thought they'd do for the blue candlesticks Mrs. Crane gave us for the bedroom. 
isn't it fortunate said jean who was thumping the mattress vigorously that we put the best bed in this room beds are such hard things to move yes said bettie rather doubtfully but i think we'd better tell miss blossom not to be surprised if the slats fall out once in a while during the night you know they always do if you happen to turn over too suddenly we must warn her about the chairs too said marjorie they're none of them really very safe i guess said jean i'd better bring over the rocking chair from my own room but i'm afraid she'll just have to grin and bear the slats because they will fall out in spite of anything i can do by seven o'clock the room was invitingly comfortable the washstand which was really only a wooden box thinly disguised by a muslin curtain gathered across the front and sides was supplied with a sound basin a whole pitcher numerous towels and four kinds of soap the girls had all thought of soap they were unable to decide which kind the lodger would like best so they laid bettie's clear amber cake of glycerin soap jean's scentless white castile marjorie's square of green cucumber soap and mabel's highly perfumed oval pink soap in a rainbow row on the washstand the bed bountifully supplied with coverings had dandelion cottage been suddenly transported to alaska the lodger would still have had blankets to spare so generously had her enthusiastic landladies provided looked very comfortable indeed at half-past seven when the lodger arrived with apologies for being late because the drayman who was to move her trunk had been slow the cottage for the first time since the girls had occupied it was brilliantly lighted we thought explained bettie that you might feel less frightened in a strange place if you had plenty of light though we didn't really mean to have so many lamps we each supposed we were bringing the only one anyway we don't know which one burns best if they should all go out said mabel earnestly there are candles and matches on the little shelf above the bed when the lodger had been warned about the loose slats and the untrustworthiness of the chairs the girls said good night you needn't go on my account said miss blossom it's pleasant to have you here still i'm not afraid to stay alone you must always do just as you like about staying you know i shouldn't like to think that i was driving you out of this dear little house for it was nice of you to let me come i think i was very fortunate in finding a room so near mrs baker's thank you said jean but we always have to be home before dark unless we have permission to stay any place i have to go confided mabel because i was so excited that i forgot to eat my supper so did i said marjorie frankly and i'm just as hungry as a bear everybody come home with me said jean we always have dinner later than you do and the things can't be very cold end of chapter six